there are a lot of places in the Bible where God makes promises and, and Jesus in his words makes promises and the, the Bible tells us a lot of things can be ours if and in several places and, and we're going to read about five instances this evening that Jesus says that you can be my disciple if so we're going to begin reading in Romans in chapter 5 uh, and, and then we'll get started on our what ifs uh, in Romans in chapter 5 if you have your Bibles and would like to turn with us. And, and again, we're going to try to continue this for a couple of weeks, talking about being uh, being that light, being that disciple that we should be, especially as, as dark and confusing and, <laughs> and disorganized as the world has become lately. Uh, so in Romans in chapter 5, we're going to begin reading in verse 6. It says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for blessing all of us with the health and strength to be safe here again today. God, thank you for the, the wonderful, wonderful words that you've given us here. God, the promises that you've made to us God, the instructions that you've given to us, if we will be your disciple, if we will follow you. God, help us so we can be that light in the community that you would call us to be. God, that we wouldn't hide our light under a bushel, that we would be witnesses to you, to everyone that we come in contact with. God, help us so we would try to keep our life in the center of your will, that we would look to you for guidance in everything that we say or do. God, be with us as we, as we read your word tonight. God, as we dive into your word, help us so we could open our hearts. That we will be willing and able to receive what you have to say to us through your Holy Spirit and through your word. God be with us this evening. Bless all the churches everywhere. Most of all, have mercy on the lost. Forgive us for we fail you. In Christ's name we ask. Amen. One of my favorite quotes, and, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say I stole it. Uh, I heard another preacher say it, and I absolutely loved it. He said that if, if, if Christ died for us, why can't we live for him? Brother Joe Lott said that several years ago, and, and I wrote it down, and it kind of always stuck with me. Because it seems like today that, that we try so hard not to live for Jesus. Or we'll try so hard to, to be a different person in church as we are out in the world. And that is a very dangerous situation to find ourselves in. But while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we didn't deserve it, Christ died for us. Can he ask one thing of us? He asked us to become a disciple of his. He asked us to go out in the world and spread his word. He asked us to tell other people about what he did. And if Christ can die for us, why can't we live for him? If you have your Bibles, please keep them open. We're going to do a lot of flip-flopping back and forth. We're going to be in the book of John in chapter 13. The book of John in chapter 13. We're going to begin with the first uh, if here. Very, very familiar scripture. But the first if that we're going to deal with is, is if you be my disciples. If you be my disciples, we're going to talk about the, the, well, the same thing we talked about on Sunday. The first thing we're commanded to do is love. And John in chapter 13, verse 35 says, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if you have love one to another. And I want to dissect this verse little by little. It says, By this. By this love that we show, people will know who we are. People will know who we, who we are a part of. We don't have to tell people we're Christians whenever we have the love of God in us. Jesus says here by this, all men know. Not just some of them. 
Not just the ones we are friends with, but everyone that we come in contact with and even the ones that we don't. People that watch us from afar, people that follow us on social media that we may not ever meet in person. By this love that we have within us, by this love that we show to others, all men shall know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That word if is very, very tricky because we can show this love or we can't. God has given man the ability to make a decision, to make a choice, and, and that gift of free will is often a, a double-edged sword. We can choose to show this love. We can choose to be the disciple of Christ that he calls us to be. The, the disciple that, that he needs us to be, wants us to be, that he deserves us to be. Because, like in Romans, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If we don't possess this love, we're as as Christians. If if whenever we're saved, if we don't if we don't follow the Bible's teachings and follow Jesus's words here and show the love to all men, then we are then disrespecting the Christ that died for us. Not only by going against His word, by going against God's word, by going against the Holy Spirit that guides us from within. Turn with me to the Book of Luke in chapter ten. We see a picture of this love in Luke in chapter 10. A man came and asked Jesus a question right here. And we're going to read this kind of a lengthy reading, but I don't want to leave anything out. In Luke in chapter 10, we're going to begin in verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. The man knew the law. The man knew what was expected to him through the law. He knew in his heart that he couldn't live up to the law. He's trying to trick God here. He's a lawyer. He's a learned man. And he's trying to trick the Lord. And he said unto him, Jesus talking, he said, Thou hast answered right, this do and thou shalt live. But he, being willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, Who is my neighbor? The man is trying to, to, to justify himself. He said, I love my neighbors. We just read in Romans that, that we can love our friends. But it takes a little bit more to love people that are not friendly to us. And Jesus answering with a, a story that we all are quite familiar with. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, but stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came a certain priest that way. When he saw him, he passed on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he, was, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. Both of these people are supposed to be higher ups in Jerusalem, or higher up in the, in the, the country that they were in at this point in time. They were... As far as the social class goes and the social standing, they were people that were looked up to. And yet both of these passed by on the other side. They refused to walk close to him. No doubt they refused to acknowledge this man's need for help. This is the difference in someone who has the love of God and someone who doesn't. But a certain Samaritan in verse 33, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn 
and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor to him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed him mercy. And Jesus said unto him, Go and do thou likewise. The man that showed him mercy. The man that showed him compassion. Whenever we're called to love God, we understand what this means to love God. But whenever we're called to love our neighbor, this is something a little bit more difficult. It's easy to love God that's done everything for us. It's hard to love someone who's hurt us. It's hard to love someone who's a stranger and we know absolutely nothing about. Yet through the story that Jesus told here, we understand that the we understand that the, the, the true neighbor, the one who had the love of God in his heart was this Samaritan. In the social standing, he was on the bottom of the totem pole. But whenever it came to the love of God, you could tell what was different about him. You could tell that, that this man had something that the priest and the Levite did not have. We're promised in the word of God that if we love one another, people will see that we're different. People will see that there is something in us, there is something about us that the rest of the world does not have. And if we show this love to one another, the world shall know that we are his disciples. John chapter 8, the second if. John in chapter 8, we're going to flip back and forth through the Gospels tonight. John in chapter 8, we're going to read one verse down in verse 32. And Jesus said unto those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. We see another if right here. If we continue in his word. Here he's talking to Jews that just were converted. If we continue in the word of God. Continue to read, to study, to pray. Continue to, to, to study, to show ourselves approved. Continue to worship him in spirit and truth. And be led by the Holy Spirit to study the word of God. Which he has given to us in black and white and red. Then we are his disciples. Without this, we fall short of where Jesus wants us to be, to where Jesus needs us to be. Whenever Philip was called away and he went to the eunuch, the eunuch was sitting there reading from Isaiah. And he sat there reading, and, and Philip asked him, he said, You understand what you're reading? I'm paraphrasing. He said, You understand what you're reading? The man said, No. Whenever this world looks at a Bible, they may understand the words and, and people is interpreted in a thousand different wrong ways. But people don't always understand what they're reading. The, 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 the Bible is interpreted to us by the Holy Spirit. And if we study to show ourselves approved, if, if we study so that we are, are His disciples indeed, then we will be able to help someone else. Until we hit this point, we are not a true disciple of Christ. Until we're able to show, until we are able to aid someone else in, in reading and interpreting the Bible. Until we're able to be that witness not only to show them by our deeds, but also to help them with our words. No doubt all of us feel just a little bit unworthy of where we're at right now. I know that I do. I don't read. I hadn't read and read and studied the way I should. But we all have a lot of work to do whenever it comes to the Bible. 
We all have a lot of work to do. It says that if you continue in my word, what does it take to get saved? Someone come up and ask you, how do I get saved? I hear people getting saved. What do I do? What are you going to say to them? Believe on Jesus? Who's Jesus? Confess your sins? I did, to the priest. How are we going to witness to someone whenever our knowledge of the Bible is not where it should be? Whenever we don't understand the, 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 the Scripture references to the plan of salvation, here he's telling the Jews, he said that if you continue in my word, here they believed on Jesus and were converted. They were saved. Each and every one of us here tonight that is saved, we have believed on Jesus. We have stepped out in faith and surrendered our life to him. And so we have that, that cornerstone. We have that foundation of faith. But we must continue in the word to be his disciple. If we just get started on a building and we get the foundation laid and we get to the rat rail put up and we start to build the walls, get about halfway finished and we quit, what happens to the building? I know pine lumber rots something fierce. OSB plywood would just fall to pieces. And if you ever want to start over and, and build that building again, what do you have to do? You got to start back at the foundation. It is really easy to start slipping away from God. It is really easy to start neglecting your Bible. I saw a movie a while back, and, and it's a wonderful movie. Really good lesson, and it's called A Matter of Faith. And in that movie, a, a, a father, his daughter's going away to college, and he put a $50 bill in her Bible. He said it was going to be for hard times. He didn't tell her about it. He handed her the Bible. At the end of the year, whenever she came back home, she brought the Bible. He opened it up, and the money was still there. She hadn't touched it. She hadn't read it. Even if we study and neglect today, if we don't continue in this Word, our building is going to collapse. Our foundation is, is going to have to be, uh, we're going to have to start over at the foundation. We're going to have to start over right back where we began at that faith, at the, the point of salvation. And we're going to have to grow all over again if we don't continue in the Word of God. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Matthew in chapter 7. The book of Matthew in chapter 7. We have to continue in this Word. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, it says, Therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do unto you, do you also unto them. This is the law and the prophets. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go thereat. There are many people headed for that broad, wide gate. There are many people headed the way of the world today. If we are to be separate, we have to show this love and we have to continue in the Word of God. We can't be led by the world. We talked the last couple of Wednesday nights about decisions. Whenever we make decisions, that knowledge comes from somewhere. Whenever we make decisions, we're either led by the world or we're led by God. One of the two. If we allow God to lead us, then, then, then we're crucifying our flesh like Jesus said. We're continuing in the Word. We're allowing Him to guide us. But if we allow the world to dictate our decisions, 
If we allow the, the things and the cares and the trials and the tribulations of this life to determine what we're going to do, then it's going to be extremely difficult for us to reach these headed for this gate. What example are we if, if we don't follow God's word? How are we going to tell someone else and teach someone else and hopefully win someone else? Turn with me for the book of Mark in chapter 8. Mark in chapter 8. In order to be a true disciple of God, we have to forsake ourselves. A lot of times it is extremely difficult to understand that there ain't much to me. It is difficult for us to put me to the side. There's a t-shirt that a lot of people had several years ago and I thought they had a great point to it. It said, Big G, Little Me. Big God, Little Me. Whenever we begin to forsake ourselves, we understand that God is so much larger than we made Him out to be. Whenever we can truly see God for who He is and God reveals the character of Himself to us, we then see exactly how little that we are and how little that we should see ourselves. In Mark in chapter 8, we're going to begin in verse 34. And when he had called his uh, when he had called his the people unto him with his disciples, he also said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake, and the gospel's the same, shall save it. For what it for what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his soul? He said, if we will take up our cross and follow him, if we will deny ourselves, we will become a follower, a disciple of his. This denying ourselves is something that, not, that, that, that does not come natural. We're taught from little bitty kids, yes, you're supposed to share, but my toy is my toy, and if you take it, I'm going to hit you. If you don't teach a kid any different, that is what they grow up thinking. Because that is what is natural. Animals are the same way. They're territorial. They like the things that are theirs. To teach a kid to share is a true feat because they understand that, that it's more important to love the other than to, to love myself. They understand that it's more important to get along with the other. Being taught to share is the, the first sign of denying oneself. Because then it's no longer all about me. It's no longer all about what I can do or what I can say. It becomes about, a, about two people. It becomes about us. It becomes about a relationship. Whenever we're talking about the relationship of God that, that we have with Him, we have to deny ourselves to be a disciple of Christ. We have to take up our cross. We have to follow Him. If you would, turn with me to the book of Luke in chapter 14. We have to have an allegiance to Jesus. We have to put Him before all else. Luke in chapter 14, verse 26. It says, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. That is an extremely difficult verse to read. We're going to do it one more time. If any man 
Come unto me and hate not his father and hate not his mother and hate not his wife, children, brethren, and sisters. Yea, and hate his own life also. He cannot be my disciple. And we just talked about love. You're supposed to love your father, love your mother. The Bible is not contradictory. This is not contradicting. This hate here is, is Jesus trying to explain to them that if you put family above God, then family is, is what you're going to worship and your decisions are going to be based upon what is best for your family and not what God is leading you to do. God will not harm us if we trust Him with our family. God will not harm us if we trust Him with our life. We are to hate our family and our own life. Our allegiance is to Christ. Job said, God giveth and God taketh away. Job had it all taken from him. God restored him fourfold. But how many people throughout the pages of history has been blessed by the story of Job? By the, the first-hand account written in the Bible of the things that Job went through and suffered as he held his ground and stood in his place for Christ. The faith of, of Job is something that is, is unwavering and astounding in and of itself. But the, the thing I want to focus on a little bit more is, is that one must hate his own life also. And that goes into our fifth, uh, if we will follow, if we will do this, we'll be a disciple of Christ. We must hate our own self. We must be willing to put it on the line for the gospel. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Luke in chapter 14. Well, we're already there. Verse 27. Next verse down, it says, And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. This is a picture of us putting our life on the line for Christ. We must bear our own cross. We must be allowed, uh, we must be uh, able, willing to lay it on the line for Jesus. He died for us. He don't ask us to die for Him. The Bible tells us that, that we should offer our, our bodies a living sacrifice. And then it says it's a reasonable service. If Jesus asked us to die for him, that would not be unreasonable. But he don't. He asked us to live for him. He asked us to love all people, one another, God and our neighbor. He asked us to not be led of the world, but to continue in the word. He asked us to forsake ourselves, to, to maintain an allegiance with Jesus and to lay it all on the line and be willing to go the distance. Turn with me if you will to the book of Matthew in chapter 13. And we're going to see the reason that we should be disciples for Jesus. Matthew in chapter 13. If, if you're here tonight and you're saved, chances are you know someone that's lost. Maybe in our own family, in our church, someone we work with, friends, loved ones. Jesus asked us to be His disciples 
so that we can then be used as an instrument to lead the lost world to Him. Matthew in chapter 13, verse 47. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind. And when it was full, they drew to shore and sat down, and they gathered the good vessels and cast the bad, the good into vessels and cast the bad away. This net is the net of death. It is cast into this world and it will catch all of us at some point in time. It's, it's an appointment that we will not meet, we will not be late for. And whenever the, the judgment comes along, whenever that book is opened, there will be a pile of good and a pile of bad. Me and my wife just moved and whenever we was trying to clean things out, we had a or I did, she organized things a little better, but I had a, a big feed tub that was full of good stuff, and I had a big feed tub that was full of bad stuff. And I just threw it one way or another. I knew what was good and what was bad. I knew where each was going. I knew the good was going to my new house. I knew the bad was going to the dump. Whenever that judgment comes, the good will be going to God's new house. Well, let's go ahead and read it. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Jesus asked us to be his disciples so that, that, that we can, in some small way, be an instrument used of God to lead this lost and dying world away from this place so that they can see their need of a Savior, so that they can see their need of Jesus, so that they can see and recognize that they are like all of us were at some point in time, a sinner bound for hell. And if they can see and, and even hear through our witness and, and through the light that we can become with the help of God, that hell does not have to be their eternal home. That there is a way to be at peace with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Next couple of weeks, we're going to try to look at, at being a disciple and be able to answer some of the questions that, that can come before us. And Whenever someone asks us how to be saved, can God forgive me? I've, I've, I've done so much wrong. How do I pray? As a disciple of Christ, we're, 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 never, we're never finished learning. But we also should be teachers in this world because we have something this world does not. We have the Savior. We have the Holy Spirit living within us. And we have the help of God. Bow with me if you will. Heavenly Father, thank you for being with us tonight. God, thank you for your Holy Spirit that has guided us through your word. God, help us so we would receive it. God, that we would meditate on your word day and night. We could allow it to speak to our heart. God, help us so we could be greater witnesses for you. Help us so we could be a greater light. God, help us so we would never do or say anything that would bring shame or reproach upon your great and holy name. God, I pray that you'd help us so that we could, we could have a greater burden for this lost and dying world that we're in contact with every day. And I pray that in some small way that, that we will allow ourselves to be used as an instrument for, for you. 
that some lost soul might see Jesus through us. Not for our honor and glory, God, but for yours. God, continue to be with this church, each one gathered here tonight, all you true men, churches everywhere. And God, most of all, have mercy on the lost soul. They can see their need as a Savior and turn and accept Christ before we're everlasting too late. Continue to be with our country, our leaders. Each one stands in need of our prayers. Forgive us for we fail you. Thank you most of all for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. There are a lot of places in the Bible where God makes promises. And, and Jesus in his words makes promises. And the, the Bible tells us a lot of things can be ours if. And in several places, and, and we're going to read about five instances this evening, that Jesus says that you can be my disciple if. So we're going to begin reading in Romans in chapter 5. Uh, and, and then we'll get started on our what ifs. Uh, in Romans in chapter 5. If you have your Bibles and would like to turn with us. And, and again, we're going to try to continue this for a couple of weeks, talking about being uh, being that light, being that disciple that we should be, especially as, as dark and confusing and, <laughs> and disorganized as the world has become lately. Uh, so in Romans in chapter 5, we're going to begin reading in verse 6. It says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for blessing all of us with the health and strength to be safe here again today. God, thank you for the, the wonderful, wonderful words that you've given us here. God, the promises that you've made to us God, the instructions that you've given to us, if we will be your disciple, if we will follow you. God, help us so we can be that light in the community that you would call us to be. God, that we wouldn't hide our light under a bushel, that we would be witnesses to you, to everyone that we come in contact with. God, help us so we would try to keep our life in the center of your will, that we would look to you for guidance in everything that we say or do. God, be with us as we, as we read your word tonight. God, as we dive into your word, help us so we could open our hearts. That we will be willing and able to receive what you have to say to us through your Holy Spirit and through your word. God be with us this evening and bless all the churches everywhere. Most of all, have mercy on the lost. Forgive us for we fail you. In Christ's name we ask. Amen. One of my favorite quotes, and, in, uh, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say I stole it. Uh, I heard another preacher say it, and I absolutely loved it. He said that if, if, if Christ died for us, why can't we live for him? Brother Joe Lott said that several years ago, and, and I wrote it down, and it kind of always stuck with me. Because it seems like today that, that we try so hard not to live for Jesus. Or we'll try so hard to, to be a different person in church as we are out in the world. And that is a very dangerous situation to find ourselves in. But while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we didn't deserve it, Christ died for us. Can he ask one thing of us? He asks us to become a disciple of His. He asks us to go out in the world and spread His word. He asks us to tell other people about what He did. And if Christ can die for us, why can't we live for Him? If you have your Bibles, please keep them open. We're going to do a lot of flip-flopping back and forth. We're going to be in the book of John in chapter 13. The book of John in chapter 13. We're going to begin with the first uh, if here. Very, very familiar scripture. But the first if that we're going to deal with is, is if you be my disciples. If you be my disciples, we're going to talk about the, the, well, the same thing we talked about on Sunday. The first thing we're commanded to do is love. In John in chapter 13, verse 35, 
says, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if you have love one to another. And I want to dissect this verse little by little. It says, By this, by this love that we show, people will know who we are. People will know who we, who we are a part of. We don't have to tell people we're Christians whenever we have the love of God in us. Jesus says here, By this, all men know. Not just some of them, not just the ones we are friends with, but everyone that we come in contact with and even the ones that we don't. People that watch us from afar, people that follow us on social media that we may not ever meet in person. By this love that we have within us, by this love that we show to others, all men shall know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That word if is very, very tricky. Because we can show this love or we can't. God has given man the ability to make a decision, to make a choice. And, and that gift of free will is often a, a double-edged sword. We can choose to show this love. We can choose to be the disciple of Christ that he calls us to be. The, the disciple that, that he needs us to be, wants us to be, that he deserves us to be. Because back in Romans, while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. If we don't possess this love, we're as, as Christians. If if whenever we're saved, if we don't if we don't follow the Bible's teachings and follow Jesus' words here and show the love to all men, then we are then disrespecting the Christ that died for us. Not only by going against His word, by going against God's word, by going against the Holy Spirit that guides us from within. Turn with me if you would to the book of Luke in chapter 10. We see a picture of this love in Luke in chapter 10. A man came and asked Jesus a question right here. And we're going to read this kind of a lengthy reading, but I don't want to leave anything out. In Luke in chapter 10, we're going to begin in verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. The man knew the law. The man knew what was expected to him through the law. He knew in his heart that he couldn't live up to the law. He's trying to trick God here. He's a lawyer. He's a learned man. And he's trying to trick the Lord. And he said unto him, Jesus talking, he said, Thou hast answered right, this do and thou shalt live. But he, being willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, Who is my neighbor? The man is trying to, to, to justify himself. He said, I love my neighbors. We just read in Romans that, that we can love our friends. But it takes a little bit more to love people that are not friendly to us. And Jesus answered him with a, a story that we all were quite familiar with. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, but stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came a certain priest that way. When he saw him, he passed on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. Both of these people are supposed to be higher-ups in Jerusalem, or higher-up in, the, in the, the country that they were in at this point in time. They were... 
as far as the social class goes and the social standing, they were people that were looked up to. And yet both of these passed by on the other side. They refused to walk close to him. No doubt they refused to acknowledge this man's need for help. This is the difference in someone who has the love of God and someone who doesn't. But a certain Samaritan in verse 33, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor to him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed him mercy. And Jesus said unto him, Go and do thou likewise. The man that showed him mercy. The man that showed him compassion. Whenever we're called to love God, we understand what this means to love God. But whenever we're called to love our neighbor, this is something a little bit more difficult. It's easy to love God that's done everything for us. It's hard to love someone who's hurt us. It's hard to love someone who's a stranger and we know absolutely nothing about. Yet through the story that Jesus told here, we understand that the we understand that the, the, the true neighbor, the one who had the love of God in his heart was this Samaritan. In his social standing, he was on the bottom of the totem pole. But whenever it came to the love of God, you could tell what was different about him. You could tell that, that this man had something that the priest and the Levite did not have. We're promised in the word of God that if we love one another, people will see that we're different. People will see that there is something in us, there is something about us that the rest of the world does not have. And if we show this love to one another, the world shall know that we are his disciples. John chapter 8, the second if. John in chapter 8, we're going to flip back and forth through the Gospels tonight. John in chapter 8, we're going to read one verse down in verse 32. And Jesus said unto those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. We see another if right here. If we continue in his word. Here he's talking to Jews that just were converted. If we continue in the word of God, continue to read, to study, to pray, continue to, to, to study, to show ourselves approved, continue to worship him in spirit and truth and be led by the Holy Spirit to study the word of God which he has given to us in black and white and red. Then we are his disciples. Without this, we fall short of where Jesus wants us to be, to where Jesus needs us to be. Whenever Philip was called away and he went to the eunuch, the eunuch was sitting there reading from Isaiah. And he sat there reading and, and Philip asked him, he said, you understand what you're reading? I'm paraphrasing. He said, you understand what you're reading? The man said, no. Whenever this world looks at a Bible, they may understand the words and, and people is interpreted in a thousand different wrong ways. But people don't always understand what they're reading. The, 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 the Bible is interpreted to us by the Holy Spirit. And if we study to show ourselves approved, if, if we study so that we are, are His disciples indeed, then we will be able to help someone else. 
Until we hit this point, we are not a true disciple of Christ. Until we're able to show, until we are able to aid someone else in, in reading and interpreting the Bible. Until we're able to be that witness not only to show them by our deeds, but also to help them with our words. No doubt all of us feel just a little bit unworthy of where we're at right now. I know that I do. I don't read. I hadn't read and read and studied the way I should. But we all have a lot of work to do whenever it comes to the Bible. We all have a lot of work to do. It says that if you continue in my word, what does it take to get saved? Someone come up and ask you, how do I get saved? I hear people getting saved. What do I do? What are you going to say to them? Believe on Jesus? Who's Jesus? Confess your sins? I did, to the priest. How are we going to witness to someone whenever our knowledge of the Bible is not where it should be? Whenever we don't understand the, 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 the Scripture references to the plan of salvation. Here he's telling the Jews, he said, that if you continue in my word, here they believed on Jesus and were converted. They were saved. Each and every one of us here tonight that is saved, we have believed on Jesus. We have stepped out in faith and surrendered our life to Him. And so we have that, that cornerstone. We have that foundation of faith. But we must continue in the Word to be His disciple. If we just get started on a building and we get the foundation laid, and we get to the rat rail put up and we start to build the walls. Get about halfway finished and we quit. What happens to the building? I know pine lumber rots something fierce. OSB plywood would just fall to pieces. And if you ever want to start over and, and build that building again, what do you have to do? You got to start back at the foundation. It is really easy to start slipping away from God. It is really easy to start neglecting your Bible. I saw a movie a while back, and, and it's a wonderful movie. Really good lesson, and it's called A Matter of Faith. And in that movie, a, a father, his daughter's going away to college, and he put a $50 bill in her Bible. He said it was going to be for hard times. He didn't tell her about it. He handed her the Bible. At the end of the year, whenever she came back home, she brought the Bible. He opened it up, and the money was still there. She hadn't touched it. She hadn't read it. Even if we study and neglect today, if we don't continue in this Word, our building is going to collapse. Our foundation is, is going to have to be, uh, we're going to have to start over at the foundation. We're going to have to start over right back where we began, at that faith, at the, the point of salvation. And we're going to have to grow all over again if we don't continue in the Word of God. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Matthew in chapter 7. The book of Matthew in chapter 7. We have to continue in this word. Matthew in chapter 7 verse 12. It says, Therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do unto you, do you also unto them. This is the law and the prophets. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go thereat. There are many people headed for that broad, wide gate. There are many people headed the way of the world today. 
If we are to be separate, we have to show this love and we have to continue in the Word of God. We can't be led by the world. We talked the last couple of Wednesday nights about decisions. Whenever we make decisions, that knowledge comes from somewhere. Whenever we make decisions, we're either led by the world or we're led by God. One of the two. If we allow God to lead us, then, then, then we're crucifying our flesh, like Jesus said. We're continuing in the Word. We're allowing Him to guide us. But if we allow the world to dictate our decisions, if we allow the, the things and the cares and the trials and the tribulations of this life to determine what we're going to do, then it's going to be extremely difficult for us to reach these headed for this gate. What example are we if, if we don't follow God's Word? How are we going to tell someone else and teach someone else and hopefully win someone else? Turn with me if you would to the book of Mark in chapter 8. Mark in chapter 8. In order to be a true disciple of God, we have to forsake ourselves. A lot of times it is extremely difficult to understand that there ain't much to me. It is difficult for us to put me to the side. There's a t-shirt that a lot of people had several years ago, and I thought it had a great point to it. It said, Big G, Little Me. Big God, Little Me. Whenever we begin to forsake ourselves, we understand that God is so much larger than we made Him out to be. Whenever we can truly see God for who He is, and God reveals the character of Himself to us, we then see exactly how little that we are. And how little that we should see ourselves. In Mark in chapter 8, we're going to begin in verse 34. And when he had called, his, uh, when he had called his, the people unto him with his disciples, he also said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake, and the gospel's the same, shall save it. For what, it, well, what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his soul? He said, if we will take up our cross and follow him, if we will deny ourselves, we will become a follower, a disciple of his. This denying ourselves is something that, not, that, that, that does not come natural. We're taught from little bitty kids, yes, you're supposed to share, but my toy is my toy, and if you take it, I'm going to hit you. If you don't teach a kid any different, that is what they grow up thinking, because that is what is natural. Animals are the same way. They're territorial. They like the things that are theirs. To teach a kid to share is a true feat, because they understand that, that it's more important to love the other than to, to love myself. They understand that it's more important to get along with the other. Being taught to share is the, the first sign of denying oneself. Because then it's no longer all about me. It's no longer all about what I can do or what I can say. It becomes about, a, about two people. It becomes about us. It becomes about a relationship. Whenever we're talking about the relationship of God... That, that we have with Him, we have to deny ourselves to be a disciple of Christ. We have to take up our cross. We have to follow Him. 
If you would, turn with me to the book of Luke in chapter 14. We have to have an allegiance to Jesus. We have to put Him before all else. Luke in chapter 14, verse 26. It says, If any man come to me, and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. That is an extremely difficult verse to read. We're going to do it one more time. If any man come unto me and hate not his father and hate not his mother and hate not his wife, children, brethren, and sisters, yea, and hate his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And we just talked about love. You're supposed to love your father, love your mother. The Bible is not contradictory. This is not contradicting. This hate here is is Jesus trying to explain to them that if you put family above God, then family is is what you're going to worship and your decisions are going to be based upon what is best for your family and not what God is leading you to do. God will not harm us if we trust Him with our family. God will not harm us if we trust Him with our life. We are to hate our family and our own life. Our allegiance is to Christ. Job said, God giveth and God taketh away. Job had it all taken from him. God restored him fourfold. But how many people throughout the pages of history has been blessed by the story of Job? By the, the first-hand account written in the Bible of the things that Job went through and suffered as he held his ground and stood in his place for Christ. The faith of, of Job is something that is, is unwavering and astounding in and of itself. But the, the thing I want to focus on is a little bit more is, is that one must hate his own life also. And that goes into our fifth, uh, if we will follow, if we will do this, we'll be a disciple of Christ. We must hate our own self. We must be willing to put it on the line for the gospel. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Luke in chapter 14. Well, we're already there. Verse 27. Next verse down, it says, And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. This is a picture of us putting our life on the line for Christ. We must bear our own cross. We must be allowed, uh, we must be uh, able to, Willing to lay it on the line for Jesus. He died for us. He don't ask us to die for Him. The Bible tells us that, that we should offer our, our bodies a living sacrifice. And then it says it's a reasonable service. If Jesus asked us to die for Him, that would not be unreasonable. But He don't. He asked us to live for Him. He asked us to love all people, one another, God and our neighbor. He asks us to not be led of the world, but to continue in the Word. He asks us to forsake ourselves, to, to maintain an allegiance with Jesus, 
and to lay it all on the line and be willing to go the distance. Turn with me if you will to the book of Matthew in chapter 13. And we're going to see the reason that we should be disciples for Jesus. Matthew in chapter 13. If, if you're here tonight and you're saved, chances are you know someone that's lost. Maybe in our own family, in our church, someone we work with, friends, loved ones. Jesus asks us to be his disciples so that we can then be used as an instrument to lead the lost world to him. Matthew in chapter 13, verse 47. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind. And when it was full, they drew to shore and sat down and they gathered the good vessels and cast the bad, the good into vessels and cast the bad away. This net is the net of death. It is cast into this world and it will catch all of us at some point in time. It's, it's an appointment that we will not meet, we will not be late for. And whenever the, the judgment comes along, whenever that book is opened, there will be a pile of good and a pile of bad. Me and my wife just moved and whenever we was trying to clean things out, we had a or I did, she organized things a little better, but I had a, a big feed tub that was full of good stuff, and I had a big feed tub that was full of bad stuff. And I just threw it one way or another. I knew what was good and what was bad. I knew where each was going. I knew the good was going to my new house. I knew the bad was going to the dump. Whenever that judgment comes, the good will be going to God's new house. Well, let's go ahead and read it. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Jesus asked us to be his disciples so that, that, that we can in some small way be an instrument used of God to lead this lost and dying world away from this place so that they can see their need of a Savior, so that they can see their need of Jesus, so that they can see and recognize that they are like all of us were at some point in time, a sinner bound for hell. And if they can see and, and even hear through our witness and, and through the light that we can become with the help of God, that hell does not have to be their eternal home. That there is a way to be at peace with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Next couple of weeks, we're going to try to look at, at being a disciple and be able to answer some of the questions that, that can come before us. And Whenever someone asks us how to be saved, can God forgive me? I've, I've, I've done so much wrong. How do I pray? As a disciple of Christ, we're, 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 never, we're never finished learning. But we also should be teachers in this world because we have something this world does not. We have the Savior. We have the Holy Spirit living within us. And we have the help of God. Bow with me if you will. Heavenly Father, thank you for being with us tonight.
God, thank you for your Holy Spirit that would guide us through your word. God, help us so we would receive it. God, that we would meditate on your word day and night. We could allow it to speak to our heart. God, help us so we could be greater witnesses for you. Help us so we could be a greater light. God, help us so we would never do or say anything that would bring shame or reproach upon your great and holy name. God, I pray that you'd help us that, that we could we could have a greater burden for this lost and dying world that we're in contact with every day. And I pray that in some small way that, that we will allow ourselves to be used as an instrument for, for you. That some lost soul might see Jesus through us. Not for our honor and glory, God, but for yours. God, continue to be with this church. Each one gathered here tonight, all you true men, churches everywhere. And God, most of all, have mercy on the lost soul. They can see their need as a Savior and turn and accept Christ before we're everlasting too late. Continue to be with our country, our leaders. Each one stands in need of our prayers. Forgive us for we fail you. Thank you most of all for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.